Welcome to Above Par. I'm your host, Kathy Hartwood. I show you how to take more of your talent to the golf course without practicing harder, taking more lessons, or buying new equipment. I show you how to end the frustration of underperforming so you can start playing to your potential. This is where you are going to learn how to think above par so you can play below par. Let's get to it. Well, my golf friends, and welcome back to Above Par. It's nice to have you here on a Wednesday. If you're listening on a Wednesday, that's when they drop at least, or at least last week, actually only nine seconds loaded. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. I actually had someone call me. It's like, you only have nine seconds of your podcast up. And I was I didn't know what happened. I had to delete it and re-upload it. So some podcast platform sitting out there was still nine seconds on it. If you saw that, I apologize. But it is totally up. It was up later that day. That was just as some kind of fluky tech error that I could not control. But it's nice to have you here. And uh, I'm excited to talk about today because today is all about practicing. And I got to tell you, I was a practice-aholic. <laughs> I, I used to feel like I had to practice all the time or I had to try and out-practice the next person. That was the mentality that the person who practiced and worked the hardest was the one who was going to be the best player. So I thought, well, if anything, I could out-practice somebody. It was actually got to the point so, it was so bad, <laughs> so bad as far as like I was so obsessed with practicing, especially when I was playing for a living, was that I would really feel guilty and felt like my game would go backwards if I actually didn't practice, if I took a day off. My sister one time, we were living in Miami Beach and my sister was like, trying to talk me into coming to the to the beach. And at that time, Miami Beach wasn't rebuilt like it was now. Really, actually very horrible and broken down and a lot of empty and abandoned buildings. But where I was, which was central Miami Beach, my sister talked me into going to the beach, which I'm not really a beach person because I'm in the sun all the time. But I decided to go hang with her for the day. But I brought my sand wedge and a basket of balls and I hit balls against the back of the condos in my bathing suit. I made sure no one was watching or anybody was around that I might skull a ball into them. There wasn't very many people out there. But that's how like crazy I was about practicing. My mentality has totally changed. And if you are a practice-aholic or you feel like you have to practice before you'll be able to see results in your golf game or that if you don't practice, you go backwards, that is really quite a mentality and a thought pattern in there that's worth taking some look at it because it's not true. And uh, conversely, there's also some people who are like going, nope, I don't practice. I'm always intrigued by people who are not practicers. So I wasn't really going to talk to the people who don't want to practice because I figured they're probably not listening to this because of the title of the podcast. But this is what I want to tell you. If you are a person who doesn't like to practice or you might pride yourself in that you're someone who doesn't practice, you really want to ask yourself why. You know, are you not practicing because you don't know what to practice? Because that's a thing. Like if you don't know what to practice, I really wouldn't encourage you to go out there and just whack balls for the sake of whacking balls. Because to me, that's just like treading water. You're going to spend a lot of energy and you're not necessarily going to go anywhere. You might have a bad history with practicing where you've gone out and practiced and you've gotten a little bit worse. That could be, again, because you really don't have a plan or objective when you go out there. 
You might not want to take the time or the energy to do it. You just have a busy schedule and you'd rather spend all your time just playing versus practicing. And that's fine, but you're also then, for the last option I'm gonna give you, is you're also saying that you're very content with where you are because it's important to know that you're not gonna be able to change your swing dramatically on the golf course. You wanna be in a relaxed environment and make some repetitive motions over and over again for anything to get ingrained into your swing. One whack at a three wood is not gonna change your ability to hit that three wood. So if you're not practicing, you are basically saying to yourself that this is where I am. This is, I'm going to figure out how to play with the talent that I have. Totally, 100%, nothing wrong with that. But just make sure that you're honest with yourself because if you want to play better golf, you're going to have to spend some time on that practice range if you want to change anything or ingrain anything and become more consistent. So let's talk about actually why you would practice. This covers everybody, the people who don't like to practice and the people who do. You wanna practice because you're making a swing change and you want to make those repetitive motions on the swing. You're trying to be more consistent with that motion, ingrain it into your body. The old muscle memory, so to speak, thing, as effective as that is. That is the reason that most people go out and practice. Some people, like me, (laughs) I like to hit golf balls. I enjoy it. So you might actually like to go out there and practice. If that is you, you definitely want to listen to the latter part of this podcast so you make sure you're making the most out of your time when you're out there or not going backwards. And the third reason that you might go out and practice is that it's bad habit prevention. A lot of times with golf, we we ebb and flow in and out of good swings and bad swings and bad motions and tempo. When you're on the course and you're just playing, it can affect some of your swing mechanics because of maybe not getting set up properly, not being aimed properly. Tension in your swing can affect your tempo. Wind, if you're playing in some really windy con- conditions, we always like to go back to the range and try and get our rhythm back and our tempo back because it can make you move into the wind, it can have you move off of the ball, and it can affect your tempo. So there's certain conditions on the golf course that sometimes we just like to go back out to the range after we've played and go into bad habit prevention mode. We want to make sure that we're not creating some bad habits. In the old days, (laughs) depending how old you are, but when I started playing golf, the way that we figured out what worked and didn't work was by trial and error. We would hit a bunch of golf balls, that worked. We'd go out and try it for a while. The next thing you know, we went too far, went too far in the other direction, and now it wasn't working. We had to go back to the range, figure some things out, and start undoing some of the things that we overdid. So it was just such a vicious cycle of going up and down, overworking something, uh, going in the other direction. So what I mean by overworking something is, let's say that you had a swing thought where you're like, I'm going to take the club a little bit more from the inside and I think that's going to really help me straighten out my golf ball. And the next thing you know, you overdid it. Now you're too far to the inside and now you got to go back and go, all right, now I need to come a little straighter back or feel like I'm coming over the top. And you know, that feeling of being over the top is helping my club be more on plane. And that's, so it's like this, this pendulum swinging back and forth. Today, we have technology that helps us. It makes the process so much faster. But when you grew up playing golf in the era that I grew up in, is that we were always in bad habit prevention. We didn't want to have that pendulum swing too far to one side or the other. So we go out and we're always focusing on our fundamentals because 90% of the time, your swing mistakes are going to happen from 
from your fundamentals. That's your grip, your posture, your, your alignment, your ball position, and the width of your stance. Those five things. When we mess those up or we get those a little out of sorts, then we start doing some funky things in our swing. And what would happen is, especially since I grew up playing golf in Buffalo, New York, so our season was like short, <laughs> like seriously short. So I didn't want to spend the whole summer trying to fix something that I had overdone. We were very cautious about creating any bad habits along the way. Practicing for a lot of really good golfers is bad habit prevention. I mean, think about it. So how many tour players practice nonstop? Do you think they're trying to fix their swings all the time or fix their short game all the time. No, they're just trying to prevent a lot of bad habits and to maintain that feel and that touch. That is another really great reason on why you want to practice. Doesn't mean you have to go and spend a ton of time out there, but I always encourage you to go back and check your fundamentals. That's putting a club down and make sure your grip and posture on point. Because if those get off point, then that's when we can start really mishitting our golf ball. And then we start tweaking it and fiddling and trying to figure something out when really it was just your setup. Okay, so if you do practice and you go out there, I'm going to really encourage you to do a few things so that you can make the most out of your practice session. Just like when you're on the golf course, how you think and feel gives yourself the ability to take all of your talent out there. You want to be on the range in a state where you can make your best swings. You want to be on the range in a state where your body can move. You don't want to be frustrated and angry and tense because you're not going to be able to move your body the way that it is designed to do. And then you might start tweaking and fiddling with it. The first thing that you want to do is you want to make sure that you have a plan or an objective. You do not want to go to the range and just start whacking balls and going through the motions. That's kind of like when you go to the gym and someone's sitting on the bike and they're pedaling so slowly that if it wasn't a stationary bike, they would fall over and then they call it like a day that they worked out, <laughs> right? They're only kidding themselves in that situation. You don't want to go out to the range and just whack balls so that you can put a little star or a check somewhere on your bag or just on your forehead that you practiced for the day. Make it useful, have a plan or an objective when you go out there. So what a plan would look like is knowing what you're going to do when you go to the driving range, when you're taking full swing shots, always set up a station that helps you prevent bad habits. And then maybe you have some drills that you like to use that you've used in the past that have been very effective to get rid of any of those those swing moves that have a tendency to creep out. I call this like whack-a-mole. Like I have moves that I had since I was a junior golfer and I'm always playing whack-a-mole with them because if I, if I left them unattended, they would creep back in my swing. When I haven't played for a while, they show up again. I love to twist the club going back. I love to lift my left heel off the ground. I have a tendency to slide off the ball a little bit. As I've gotten older, my hips don't turn as well as they used to so I can bump my hips a little bit. These are like four things that I'm always looking for in my swing as I'm hitting golf balls to kind of play whack-a-mole with. So I might go out there and have some drills to help make sure that those don't come back in and become a bigger habit for me to fix. That would be one way that you could have a plan or an objective. There's so many different ways that you can practice, different things that you can focus on. Maybe one day is just short game or the next day is just putting. It doesn't matter. You decide and pick what you want to do. This is what you're not going to do. You are not going to wait until you hit a good golf shot to decide that you had a good practice session. 
it may never come. And the more that you put pressure on yourself to hit that one good shot so that you can feel good about your practice session, the less likely you are to hit that one good shot and have that good practice session. The objective is not always to see yourself hit great golf shots. You know, there's so many people who are like, they wanted consistency and then they'd hit four or five top shots and then they hit one perfect. They're like, yeah, that's the one I want. I said, that one is the problem. You need to get rid of that one because your consistency is the four or five top shots. We often go out to the range waiting for that one shot to feel really good that we know that it's still in there. But I don't want you to go out and hit golf balls waiting for that to happen for you to feel good about your practice session. Go in with a plan just like you would go into the gym with a workout plan. It's not like you're going to get done with that hour session in the gym or however long you you spend it there and all of a sudden see all these bulging muscles and just fat just dripping off your body. It doesn't work that way. We trust that we're going to go through this process over and over again and that it's going to be the best thing for my golf game. We do not need to see those results immediately. Now, I'm not saying that you're not going to, but going in with an objective takes a bit of that pressure off of you needing your golf game to show up during that time. Which leads me to my next point is that if you are out there practicing and you notice you're getting frustrated because you're wishing that you had a different result, you're not able to do the things that you can do and you're getting a little irritated with yourself. Remember your emotions are going to show up in your body. So you might start squeezing the club tighter. You might start getting tense in your shoulders. You might start swinging faster or harder you're going to make it less likely that your talent is going to be able to come out. You're going to make it less likely that you're going to be able to do the things you're actually trying to do out there while you're practicing because your body can't move. You got it all wrapped up with all these negative emotions because you're judging your results during your practice session. That's why I encourage you to just go out there with an objective of this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do these drills, these repetitions. I'm going to hit these shots, working on my touch and my putting, whatever it is. I'm going to call it a day. That is it. Not judge your results and expect to get something different out of that practice session or look for proof that you're going to be more consistent. The minute you're getting frustrated or irritated or annoyed, it's time to take a time out. Go for a little walkabout, (laughs) go to the cooler, go to the locker room. If you want to come back after you've cooled down or call it a day, not a problem. But the more golf balls you hit when you're not in a state where you're going to be able to make your best golf swings, moves, where you're going to be able to move your body and focus. This is the other thing. When we're irritated and when we're frustrated, we're not thinking clearly. So you're not going to be open to all the things that are working. You're going to be looking for all the things that aren't working. So it's time to take a little break. And if you can't come back and stand over and hit some balls or practice where you're very clear, you're calm, you can focus and pay attention, you're motivated to be there, then you're not going to get the most out of that practice session. In fact, I would tell you that you might go backwards. You might get less out of that practice session. You want to stand out there and be really non-judgmental about your practice session, getting the most out of it. If you have nothing else to practice, it's just not your day. Go back to a shot where you can have some success. I constantly go back to my wedges if I'm not feeling very good about my swing. I try and get my tempo back. I take little half swings. Sometimes I'm like, you know what? 
it's just not my day. I'm going to go chip and putt for a little bit. And then if that's not my day, I'm just going to leave because otherwise I'm going to start going backwards. I'm going to start getting more irritated. I might lose more confidence. It is time to leave. You want to make sure that you're showing up in your best state so that you can think clearly, be focused, be open to what is working and be able to move your body the best that you can so that whatever you're working on has a chance of getting ingrained and repeated in your swing. The other thing I would tell you is stop when you're tired for sure, because your swing is going to get a little loopy and lazy and you might sway right when you start miss hitting a bunch of shots. The other thing to do is to stop if you're miss hitting a bunch of shots in a row, right? Now you're creating a pattern. You're creating a consistency, just like my example of that person who topped that ball a bunch and you're not wanting to ingrain that. If you do more than four or five in a row, it's time to take a pause and maybe switch clubs or switch gears or try something different so that you're not ingraining a bad move into your swing. I'm all about practicing, but if you are going to go out there and spend your valuable time out there practicing, make sure that you're in a positive mindset so that you can make the most out of that time so that you can ingrain those moves into your swing and be able to take them out onto the golf course faster. Because the slowest way for you to make progress in your golf game is to go out there hit and hitting golf balls when you're irritated or frustrated or you don't want to be there. And this is the other thing that I wanted to share with you. There's such a difference between feeling like you have to practice and that you're obligated to practice, which was a lot of my mindset, right? It became from such a negative energy and negative emotion versus I want to practice. And when you show up with a with the thought that I want to practice, you're going to get so much more out of that session. It's not too dissimilar going back to exercising when you tell yourself I have to exercise versus telling yourself I want to exercise. Two totally different experiences. So don't shame yourself into practicing either. Figure out what you need to say to yourself to get to the point where you want to go practice, where you're going to enjoy the process versus saying to yourself, I have to practice. You do those things and you will get better so much faster. All right, my friends, have an amazing practice session. And if I can be of any help helping you clear up your thoughts, getting more out of your golf game, reach out to me at kathyhartwood.com chat. Let's talk about it. All right. Have an amazing week. I'll talk to you next Wednesday.